0: Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here.
1: Nice take by King. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside, delivers!
0: And on the court.
1: Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes.
0: And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up, what up? Welcome to Kicks. Joining me today is a guy who's been a fixture on the upcoming Star Series power book two ghosts my guy marcus anderson jr what's up my guy how you doing
1: what's going on what's going on thank you for having me sir
0: and no doubt man so before we jump into ghosts you know i want to start with some of your background you grew up as a military child what was that experience like for you
1: man yeah so you know my dad he was in the army so he was in there uh from like 1998. Mm -hmm. um so he was in there for 20 years every three years of my life I moved to a different state or a different country up until I was 15. The experience was a blessing man but you know hindsight's always 2020 20. when you live in uh cool exotic places, you know. Um I've lived in Thailand, Hawaii, very blessed Korea, Panama. Uh you kind of take those things for granted when you're a kid. Um but you know the whole the whole lifestyle, the whole uh growing up military was was a great a great time man. It was a great um let me run that back um growing up military was uh very enriching for me it was a blessing uh to be able to see different parts of the country world um i got no complaints about it
0: you know what were some of your favorite countries that you visited because you mentioned you know thailand hawaii you know those are yeah you know some great places
1: oh man that's a tough question um i don't know man i'm I'm biased because my mom you know she's from panama And so, you know, we, we had some time there. Um, I probably have to say, probably have to say Thailand, man, Thailand. I was there from seventh grade to ninth grade. Um,
0: it was a very, uh, fun time of my life. I'll just say that, (laughs) you know, um, since you moved around a lot, do you like claim a place like one particular place as your um, hometown?
1: Man, I gotta tell you straight up. I probably claim all of them you know each of them is going to be a piece of home for me um but i think as far as home uh definitely uh, maryland where my father's from uh the majority of my family is over there on his side so
0: oh the dmv which part of maryland
1: sunderland maryland it's uh, in calvert county it's a town that you just passed through nobody has any idea where it's at it's okay though still still at you know- calvert county pg county all day
0: you know i learned most of my geography about maryland from watching the from watching the wire like yeah most of the the counties
1: yeah absolutely the wire man you know that's just uh one of one of very few maryland's claim to fame as far as uh you know hot movies or tv shows that's been produced from there or shot there
0: you know did you watch the wire any as a i um, did man
1: native not growing up but you know as an adult
0: what were like some of your thoughts about the wire and like, and how your um hometown, well, not your hometown, but but your father's hometown was um kind of portrayed. My dad, he's not from Baltimore.
1: Uh, he's more from PG County, but um, I love the wire, man. I mean, Baltimore it has a, a lot of stories to tell. Uh, there's a lot that goes on in Baltimore, man. So um, just for you know a piece of uh, a a work or of uh, in television. Uh, to be told uh through the wire being shot in baltimore. Um, uh, you know, it's it's been great for the the storytelling aspect of that. Um, but you know, I think uh the wire kind of set the set the uh pace for a lot of other shows that are similar to it as far as premium cable television. So, you know, wire's OG. So, you know, much respect exactly. goes to that.
0: So when you went off to college, um you like you was in athletics, track and field. Yeah. Um what was that experience like for you, like being a, a college athlete? All
1: right, so I think I think the best way to answer this, man, is just to kind of, uh, you know, just kind of explain to you, go back to that question as far as how was, you know, my life as a military child. So, you know, I grew up on base. I grew up on base and we would move, you know, from different bases, state to state or country to country. Um, my parents always made sure to put me and my brother in extracurriculars, karate, Uh, basketball, soccer, you know, after school programs, just like that. So, you know, I always, uh, I grew up, I grew up an athlete pretty much. And, um, you know, I started running track in elementary school, did it again in middle school and, you know, I did it one year. I did two years, two years in high school. I did it my freshman year, then I hated it. Then I quit and I picked it up again my senior year. And so, um, by the time I ran track my senior year, uh, I ended up being third in the state in my district. And at that point, I was applying to different colleges and universities because I had no idea where I was gonna go. Um, it's funny, you know, at the time I made uh around my around senior year of high school, man, and I and I would do this um throughout like my whole high school experience. I would make beats on my computer. So I thought I was gonna be the next puffy. So I was applying to NYU. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to be a producer, you know, it was just like one of those sideline dreams. But anyway, end up being third in the state. Um I went to North Carolina Central University. I got recruited there to run track, um, spent some time there. And while I was there, that's when I really started taking my first acting classes while running track. I was really pursuing this track thing hard because at at a time uh, I was working on a dual citizenship with Panama to see if I could possibly run for them in the Olympics, which were like two or three years away. So there was a, a coach that was working with the Panamanian national team and he was Uh, coaching at this community college in Kansas. And so he recruited me to go to school in Kansas for my second year of school. Um, From there, he uh, I was there for a year running track uh, competing for Barton County Community College. Um, The coach who had recruited me got an offer from the University of Oklahoma to coach down there. And at that point, I'd spent two years in college. Um, So I got my associate's degree and I transferred to the University of Oklahoma where I ran track for two years. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty much the spill as far as like how it was with athletics and me and my military uh, upbringing. And um, yeah, just got into acting right there with track and college, started taking classes because I knew that's what I wanted to really pursue.
0: If you would have made like the Olympic team or like the qualifying team, like is it possible that acting could have been like on the back burner and you could have like pursued, you know, professionally, you know, like being an Man, athlete? I think-
1: yeah, man, I think that, um, I think I knew when I was in college, man, I wasn't going to be pro, you know, I wasn't at that caliber. Um, the main goal for me was to definitely try to run on the on the national team, but, you know, as the old saying goes, everything happens for a reason, right? So, you know, I think that things kind of lined up the way they did uh, to be the way they were supposed to be. And so um, I think it was a, you know, very good possibility that if I made the Panamanian national team, or you know, kind of, it would have derailed my, my attention towards, uh, towards my acting career just a little bit, but who
0: knows? You know, the brotherhood that you experience, you know, on a team, is it the mm-hmm. same, like, when it comes to, like, a cast on the acting set?
1: 100%, 100%. I think that growing up playing athletics you know in, being in athletics uh kind of sets a certain tone of discipline as far as working with teammates and team members uh towards achieving a goal you know and i think i think that uh definitely definitely my training and track you know just having the mental fortitude even when i play basketball running suicide it's like you know there are certain aspects about the the, the job and career that you have to feels like you're running suicides you know what i mean and so I think that, you know, it helped me develop the mental fortitude. And and uh, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing.
0: When did you finally decide that acting was going to be like your full time gig?
1: Man, I think it was right when I graduated my senior year from the University of Oklahoma. I was like, all right, well, you know, post-college now now's the time to do it. Now's the time mm-hmm. to really capitalize on the fact that I'm young and that uh, I'm ambitious as I was. And um, from from then on out, I moved back home to Maryland, uh, got me a, a part time job and started doing local plays and student films just to get my resume going, because the plan for me at that point was, all right, well, I'm going to end up in either New York or L.A. And so that's pretty that's pretty much how that happened.
0: Do you like the um, intimate feel of theater more than, um, you know, more than you know being on the, um, small screen or big screen? Because I know like a lot of actors they like the theater better than, um, than like being on camera.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny for me, man. I think that, um, I think a lot of the performance aspect is the same. You know, you have, you have your, you have a lot more people in the theater that are watching you. Right. But at the same time, you Mm -hmm. know, when you're on set and you're shooting a scene um, you might have a whole crowd looking at you. It's still performance, you know, to me personally, I mean, I like the film and TV aspect of things because that's what I enjoy watching. You know, I like creating the art form. I like, you know, working on it. Uh, theater terrifies me. I'm not gonna lie. You know, knocking out a whole play. You know, you're in, mm-hmm. you're in the round. You're in front of people. Um, but at the same time, you know, you get this like rush from it, and it makes you want to, you know, just do better. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think uh, I think I'm biased towards film and TV, but I, you know, I. I have no qualms with theater at all, though.
0: Who are some actors that you looked up to and, and molded your craft after?
1: Oh, man, that's a good, that's a really good question, man. Um, not going to lie, man. Jamie Foxx is, you know, I think, I don't think he gets his flowers enough, man. You know, he's just so versatile and, you know, understands mm-hmm. comedy and drama. So, well, I think, you know, I've always liked his work, but it wasn't until he did uh that movie with Tom Cruise, I should know this collateral, you know, where I really started to see, you know, of course, Ray, but it was after that I was like, okay, this, you know, he's something different. And it's, it's really cool to see that as well. Uh, You know, especially being, uh, you know, a a black actor at that to see versatility is just amazing. Um, Of course, I got to give my got to give my flowers to uh, Tom Hanks, you know, I grew grew up watching a lot of his films. And um, I think, you know Forrest Gump was one of the movies that you know I really like. I saw behind the scenes footage and I was mm-hmm. like, Man, how, how, what are they doing? You know, and I saw how movie making was. Um, Denzel Training Day for sure. Um, this act, oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, she plays uh, Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith is her name, I think it's Maggie Smith. She plays Q on 007. Um, Helena Bonham Carter, another. Uh, British actress, you know, she's amazing. She was like a lot of Harry Potter stuff, you know. Again, with that, it's like Tim Burton type of thing too, you know. Tim Burton, he made the Nightmare Before Christmas, so a lot of the actors that come from there, you know. I, I like Johnny Depp too. Um, I don't know, man. I think a lot of my work is just uh, a combination of just me being a fan of so many different ranges of actors. But those are just those are just a few off cuff
0: i never seen Forrest Gump before. Like, do you have one of those movies that everybody seen, but like you personally never seen like a day in your life?
1: I got a couple, man. You know, it's funny. I'm not really, as far as my friends, I, I am the, I am the least knowledgeable as far as like movies that are out right now, shows that are out movies that I should have watched, um, you know, man, I think that, uh, okay. So you haven't seen Forrest Gump. Nope. Okay. Okay. Have you uh, have you seen Mel Gibson's Apocalypto? Nope. <laughs> you should see that. You should see that. Is, Do I think is that it, everybody should? Maybe. But I think that one right there is a, a a fun one. A fun one to just see. I'll check
0: it out. Yeah, no doubt.
1: You should check it out.
0: And also, like, recently, I just seen Hoosiers, too. Like, that's Which one, one did of the you movies see? That Hoosiers. I just seen that during lockdown. The basketball oh, yeah. movie. Oh, oh yeah, well, yeah.
1: On what was that on Netflix or?
0: Nah, I seen it on. It was just on randomly one day, and I just watched okay. it like for the first time. Okay. I'm okay. Like,
1: nice, so nice.
0: Like so, like when you were making your transition from being an actor to being an actor, you know, what are some aspects with acting that you struggle with?
1: I think just learning the craft, learning the craft, learning how it actually is. As opposed to the idea in my head that i thought it was you know Mm at that point you know you start to uh, understand a lot of things about yourself you know what i mean because to portray other people you got to understand yourself and so i think uh the self-development process kind of went hand in hand as far as like learning the craft of acting Um, because i think there's a certain amount of responsibility that an actor should have as far as taking on characters especially characters that um, for real life people you know what i mean um but regardless i think that um yeah just all around learning the craft for sure
0: do you feel like portraying like real life people is harder and then you know as opposed to like a fictional character
1: i mean me personally i've never done it before but um you know i can imagine that you know one might feel a certain amount of pressure when it comes to portraying real life people, because I think with uh, with fictional characters you have a lot more freedom to stretch and make it whatever you want, but you know when it comes to uh, you know real life, you really have to be within you know the parameters of how that person was, and you know you have to you have to go to them, you know is it's not so much the the character uh, the fictional character, you know you, it has to come to you and you just put it on and then you're it like no like I think it'd probably take a lot more work.
0: Is there like somebody in history or, you know, somebody interesting that you would like to play one day?
1: Oh man, that's a good question. You know, the problem is there's nobody in history that looks like me, man. So, you know, I'm over here just like brainstorming all the time, like, you know, who could I possibly play that I actually look like, you know what I mean? Because. You know, I've gone out for a couple of things. I've gone out for a couple of uh, auditions of, of biopics. It's like, man, why did I get this audition? I, I look nothing like this guy. Um, that's a good question, man. That's a good question.
0: I don't know. What was some? Um, what were some of those auditions that you went out for? Like, for uh, man, I, you
1: know, I went out for I went out for Muhammad Ali and that one night in Miami thing. You know, I went out for mm-hmm. that. Um, a couple things I went out for. Slips my mind at the moment, but that's one of them.
0: You know, after you land Rose, do you have a feeling that, you know, I made it, I don't need to improve, or does that accomplishment, you know, kind of make you hungry for more?
1: You know, man, that's that's a good question. I mean, yes, I think in the beginning of my career, I think for like the, the first time that I ever worked on network television was on Jane the Virgin. And it was a small one-liner, and I felt, I felt like I was on top of the world, um, you know. But as I started booking more things, it kind of became like the best way that I can put it is, um, it's like an RPG game, right? You know, you you start out at the lower level, and you know you're 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 acquiring all these new skills and weapons, and as you get better, your enemies and the levels scale with you, and so. You know, what's funny about that is like, you know, the better, the better you get in your career, you know, you, you're going to have to face, you know, bigger issues and bigger problems. And but at the same time, you know, you're thankful for each step that you're at, because that's just the trend that I'm seeing right now. Um, but, you know, I, I have a, I have a thing now where it's like, you know, I don't think I'm going to have an I made it moment because, you know, you never know in this chaotic business what's going to happen. So the best way that I focus on that is, all right, well, let me just put my best foot forward each day and let me see if I'm making progress at the end of the day. And so, you know, that's just the best way that I can, that I deal with that.
0: Has your definition of success changed since your career has taken off?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I think when you first start out, you know, you have a one track mind of what success is uh but then as you go through it you kind of see how success happens you know it's not always an upward trend sometimes you're going to go on a downtrend you think you're losing you know but you got to just keep on going and you know as the journey changes you know your your ideas and your definition of success changes too because it's just relative to your life and so you know absolutely
0: you know speaking of success you're a part of the power universe you know how does it feel to be you know a part of tv history
1: man i mean when you put it like that it feels incredible but you know i think that uh at the end of the day man this is such a a great opportunity for me uh never in i mean i never expected to be on a show like power or to portray a character uh like little guap uh it feels great man you know i'm just trying to soak in every moment and i'm just trying to see how season two looks because it looks it looks great it looks great
0: you know are you happy with the reception that ghost has received so far
1: absolutely 100 percent. i mean you know a lot of pressure for the network to come out with ghosts you know especially with the fan base the fan base it's a it's a very loyal fan base i will say and they're very opinionated but uh you know shout out to michael Rainey jr who took on the mantle of telling the coming of age story of Tariq st patrick in a way that uh He pulled off was uh, it was it was great, so you know um, Mm -hmm. i'm proud to be a part of the cast man, because you know we're putting out good work.
0: You know, speaking of Michael like I would hate to see his dms, especially on on Sundays when the show is on. Because the power fans, like they take that to like to the they take their fandom to a whole new level.
1: They really do man they really do. Um, you know, I've been lucky so far as far as the subway and just, you know, being out in public, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes it'll get weird, but you know, if they can see past the, uh, me not having tattoos and they recognize me, it's, it's been cool so far. So, you know, uh, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I know, I know for Michael, it's crazy.
0: All right, man. So like he talked about some of your favorite moments, like behind the scenes, as far as, you know, dealing with, dealing with your other castmates or the directors.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the, um, I mean, there are plenty, there are plenty, but one that sticks out was the first time that, um, you know, we shot the scene for Lil Guap. Um, at that point, I just got done with hair and makeup and, uh, I had no idea what they were thinking about for Lil Guap or how he was going to look like. And they show me the concept art and the pictures. And I'm all like, man, this is, this is pretty gangster, man. I didn't, I wasn't expecting all this, you know, cause they had the, the tattoos and, you know, um, you know, just the, the jewelry and the clothing. So as I'm sitting down, I'm getting done with hair and makeup. We walk over the set. And at that point, I'm talking with the directors and some of the writer, producers, and they really didn't know what to expect as far as casting me. They just knew what they had for Lil Guap. So we had a little conversation of how Little Guap is, where he's from, why he is the way he is. They gave me some, just basically some direction of just where to go. And um, you know, I think the first 15 minutes of us kind of like working the scene out, and then from when we shot it for the first time, um after we got through a full take with no interruptions, uh, director Yo cut, you know, you could just feel the room just kind of tingle with energy because we knew we had something. You know, the chemistry was just great between uh me, uh Woody and Lavelle. And so um, cause nobody knew what to expect, especially me. Um, I was super nervous, but I was ready to go, you know what I mean? I was ready to, you know, rise to the occasion. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I attribute that to a lot, just the crew, you know, everybody worked together, you know, the other two actors, the directors, the writers, you know, we were all trying to find the music in the scene. And luckily for us, it happened so quickly. You know, it happened on the first take. And so, you know, I think from there, just kind of you know, just kind of, uh, it grew into what it is now.
0: You know, like 50 Cent, he's one of the um, executive producers of the show. Like, what's the best petty 50 Cent story that you have?
1: I actually don't have any, man. I mean, other than for what I read mm-hmm. on the internet, you know what I'm saying? I've never met 50 before, man. Um, he'll come in and set every now and then, but I always missed him. But, you know, mm-hmm. from, from what I know, his reputation, he's uh, he's strictly business. So. It's uh, it's good to hear stories like that. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> you know, how many people come up to you and ask you if Ghost is really dead? Because I figure that has to be, you know, a question that everybody gets that's on the show. Yeah,
1: so it's it's, that's usually the first question. That's usually the first question, you know, off top right when they see me, you know, because they, mm-hmm. they, they automatically think about yeah, the end of the, the, the season of power. And uh, so, you know, and I don't blame it either. And I'm like... Yeah, hey, you you saw the casket go in the ground, right? And they're like, yeah, but that's not enough, you know. I, I got to see his face. I'm like, damn, you, you need to see an open casket for you to believe that he's dead. So you know, it's all good, man. I mean, I who who knows? Who knows at this point? You know, my personal opinion. I saw the casket go into the ground. So I mean,
0: <laughs> were you a fan of the show before um, Ghost came? I'm gonna
1: tell you. I'm gonna tell you straight up, man. I never watched the show. I never watched the show before I auditioned for it. I got the audition and I watched probably maybe six episodes of season one. And that's all I needed because I knew at this point the show was gonna be a spinoff. Um, I understood the tone of the show at that point. I'm like, all right, well, and, you know, it's funny though. From there, I started watching it.
0: I think that kind of helped you a little bit not watching the show because yeah. like you don't have, because like you don't have any pressure like to kind of live up to like the other characters or how they- Most um, definitely, man. Portrayed.
1: Yeah, that was definitely a conscious decision. I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to taint myself. I didn't want to influence myself. I just wanted to go in blank slate and just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, create the world from there.
0: You know, did you audition for anyone else besides Lil Guap?
1: I did, man. I first uh, I first auditioned for Kane Tejada. I auditioned for Kane first. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, they brought me in for Lil Guap.
0: What can we expect from Lil Guap and, and the GTG crew in season two?
1: Well, I think one thing for, from season one, you know, we see that uh, Little Guap has some, has some anger issues and, you know, might be resentful, uh, you know, towards what happened to him. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's going to be uh, present and waiting for his move, if you will. But um, there's so many moving parts to the story being told. We don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, everybody needs to think about every relationship, every betrayal, uh, because people are definitely, uh, how do they how do they say, uh, keeping track, keeping track of what to, needs to be accounted for. So, yeah.
0: You know, being as you're in power, like, do you ever worry about, your like, your character getting killed off, like, too early into the series? Is that, like, in the for back me, of your mind?
1: Not really, man, because at the end of the day, um, you're not really like, for me, I'm not really concerned about my character. um, Because what we're all doing is we're telling the story, the coming of age story of Tariq St. Patrick, right. So Mm -hmm. I just, I just focus on my moving part. Um, But you know, getting killed off is is not really in the back of my mind. But I always know that in this show and this universe, it's always a possibility. So that each so I look at it that at each time we shoot or each time that I work, you give it your hundred percent, you give it your all.
0: You know, in season one, guap was always getting beat up by Kane. Like Yeah. Like and I know you're Yes, big, he was. And and I know you're a big UFC guy. Like if Guap could have fighting attributes from any um yeah. and an MMA guy, like, who would it be?
1: Oh man, you know what, man, I think that um Guap desperately, desperately needs some hands, man. So, uh, as far as that concern, man, I think if he could have the the hands of Uzman, I don't know if you're familiar, mm-hmm. Uzman. Um, mm-hmm. You know that that would be great. Uh, at the same time, man, you know I think he has some toughness too. So you know if he develops his ground game, like Nate Diaz, you know what I'm saying, always being on his back, but able to still control the fight. I could see, I could see that too. He needs hands like Usman and he needs a ground game like Nate Diaz for the love of God. Get guap some lessons. Yes.
0: You know, I think Usman, is he the guy that had like the hardest punch on record? I'm not thinking about somebody else.
1: I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure, but I, he's just, I uh, think, he's yeah, just-
0: I think that was him, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's terrifyingly athletic, man. And uh, you know, for, for such a tall guy, man, he's a lot of power on those punches. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something that you expect from that type of frame, but, you know, he's got him. Guap needs that.
0: You know, on Ghosts, you know, your crew had had like the best sneaker game. Like, do you guys get to pick which sneakers your character wear or is the wardrobe assigned to you? The,
1: the wardrobe is generally assigned, um, but the wardrobe department does take into account uh, what you like for your character. So it's not completely out of your hands. So that's cool.
0: If you had a choice, what type of sneakers would Guac be um, laced in?
1: Man, I think that uh, definitely some Gucci boots, right? Like they look like Tim's, but they're not. And some Black Air Forces, 100%. Got to have a pair just for the dirty work.
0: Now Guap began beat up too much for the Black Air Forces. He got earned them. Yeah, you know,
1: th- th- yeah, that's just for that's just for the dirty work. You know what I'm saying? But for the rest, you know, he's gonna be in his designer. You know, he's gonna get he's always gonna get beat up in his designer yeah. if he does get beat up.
0: In season one, it seemed like everybody that wore the mocha brown joint ones, you you know, they met uh, uh, an early demise. Was that by design, yeah. um, coincidence, or just me overthinking stuff as usual?
1: Could be, man. Could be. You know what I mean? That's actually something I didn't even think about. You know, you got me thinking about everything Guap wore in his wardrobe, man. I'm all like, shoot, is that is that a sign? I'm not sure, man. Stay,
0: stay away from those um, Mocha ones, man.
1: Oh, yeah. hundred percent. They look good, though. So that's, that's hard.
0: What sneakers can we expect in season two of Ghosts? I can't even tell you if Guap wears sneakers.
1: But if he does, you always know he's going to come out drip down so be on the lookout man we got some uh we got some good brands coming uh that you're gonna see on the screen can't really tell you about it
0: yeah man no doubt but be
1: on the lookout
0: what's your sneaky game looking like in real life like Shoot, man
1: all right all right so of course I gotta rock the low top ones right white all mm-hmm. white bust them out on, on occasion I got the um uh, I got the I got the Jordan ones Um, black, red, white, soul, basic black and red. And I got the Jordan threes, cement grays. Um, those are my go-tos right now. Classic stuff, man. You know, I'm a timeless type of guy, man. So I like holding on to the stuff that can always last. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, if I want to, you know, my boot game, you know, I, you know, I'm rocking the doc Martins, I'm rocking the Tim's, you know, the cream and the blacks you know it's about to be fall right now so it's about to be tim season so i'm looking forward to that too
0: you always have to have the tims me like i have like three pairs of tims i've never worn yet just to keep them fresh for the rotation
1: okay okay what uh, oh same color
0: yep same there you the go same color constructs
1: yep yep so i do that for my forces you know i got i got two pairs of the lows and then i got two pairs of the highs all white you know, just for the, just for the rotation.
0: (laughs) You know, last season on Ghosts, Zeke almost had his hoop dream derailed because of the shooting, you know, behind the scenes. Like, who is some of the best hoopers on the show?
1: Best hoopers on the show, man. I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. Uh, Daniel Bellamy, he's got some, he's got some skills, man. He works out every week. You know, he actually works out for his character. He trains for his character. So, you know, um, I've seen his workout videos. Uh, you be getting it in, man.
0: What's your hoop game like? Cause I know earlier you mentioned that you used to hoop.
1: Man, it's just gotten worse since, since, uh, since after college, man. But I played basketball mm-hmm. my whole life and uh, it just like steadily got worse. Uh, as far as like my handles, I have zero handles, you know, my, my defense, you know, i probably, i probably lock some people up though. I'm not going to lie even now. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I mostly played shooting guard, uh, when I was in, when I was in high school, um, and, and in, uh, and in middle school, but you know, I play pickup every now and then, but you know, I'm honestly not in shape for it because you know, running up and down that court is something else, especially as you get older, but, um, you know, I'm actually curious to see how my. How my game would be right now, man. But I don't know if I, I don't know if I could will myself to do it.
0: <laughs> man, I feel you, man. I've sat through like the the NBA celebrity games, and mm-hmm. like if those if those dudes can um, do it, I think you could too, man. Because you're a former athlete. Yeah. So. So oh, for sure,
1: you. for sure, man. But I'll tell you one thing. I probably have to do like a two week clinic of just like me by myself and just like dribbling the ball and just doing like a basic crossover, just getting used to moving mm-hmm. with the ball again, man. But you know, it's just like riding a bike, you know.
0: All right, man. So before we go, I want to play a game. It's called Start Bench Cut. You know, I'll just name three things and you tell me if you're gonna start it, bench it, or cut it. Copy. All right. All right. So the first one is acting for your favorite actors. We have start bench cut, Jamie Fox, Denzel Washington, Tom Hanks.
1: All right, we start in Denzel. We're benching Jamie. Mm-hmm. We're cutting Tom Hicks. So. All
0: right. And the next one is um, might be a little bit difficult. We'll we'll see. All right. So start bench cut. We have the original Power series. We have Ghost, mm. and we have and we have Raising Canyon.
1: Man, that is tough right there. Start bench cut. All right. So we're gonna go ahead. And cut original season power bench raising cannon. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start ghost baby. Keep those
0: check keep those checks coming in, man.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you. Glad you noticed.
0: Don't get caught in the mocha ones.
1: Oh man, <laughs> with well, second I do, I'll take a picture and I'll show you. i be like, is this a good thing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Tread coffee. laughs> right. All right, man, Um, I want to thank you for coming on today. You know, I really enjoyed this dope ass convo. Like, do you have any new projects that you're working on? Not
1: at the moment, man. I mean, I'm shooting a uh, shooting a feature film Uh, next year, January. It's called Heartland Express, independent feature film, Um, uh, you know, completely different character from my uh, power character. Uh, other than that, I'm, I'm auditioning constantly and I'm getting close. So next time I know, be sure to let you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Thanks a lot for your time, man.
1: All right. Thank you.